Thanks for downloading this podcast from The Rock of York. We hope it inspires you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Rock of York, or search for The Rock of York on Facebook. And of course, there's the website at www.rockofyork.co.uk. But you probably already knew that. Here's something you might not know. How are you all? Good? Isn't it a good night? I thought that video that Beth played was absolutely awesome. Um, it always excites me, and I know I sound like a stuck record, because uh, Chris and I say it every week, but everything always seems to just somehow connect. Now, it doesn't shock me. I actually have started to expect it now, because we live in a kingdom that is like that. So the, the sooner we start understanding that those things are normal the better, yeah. So we think that when something kind of amazing happens, we call it a miracle, don't we? What if actually that's the norm um, and we're seeing just a fraction of what can be all the time um, and we're just getting a little taste of it, so it's fab. Um, and then the song that Danny just sung, um, I picked that lyrically because it's just so where I am at the minute and the, again, the video that you played, all about we wanted one in the same tonight, the whole thing of really there are no um, borders, there are no boundaries, there are, everything is unified. And I think that the greatest issue facing our earth today and humanity is the fact that people are trying to find a way of identifying themselves as being unique, as being separate, because we have somehow convinced ourselves that to have a label is the best thing to have in order to function and get through life. Well, actually, that's not the way forward. And we are part of an inclusive universe and an inclusive kingdom that says that we are all the same. We are all human. I love it when Dave Fireman says that we're all human. He was spot on right from the day that he started shouting that out. He understood that there is, some, there is a line beneath us that makes us all the same. So in here tonight, we come as the same. Isn't that lovely? I think a guy called Jesus spoke like that one time about you know, the line being beneath us. You know, we have to get back to that. Because we, we can often talk about Jesus as a message that existed 2,000 years ago, which actually it was, believe it or not. Um, to say that it wasn't written that long ago would be wrong because it was. However, the principles and the concepts that were being delivered were for the future and the growth of the human soul. And we have to remember that all those things that were being taught to us and those revolutionary concepts that were being given were there for us to understand and awaken the mind of man to say, you are more than what you have become. And I really believe and prophesy about this house that we are more than we have yet become. There is more to come, there is more chapters to be seen, and I believe that this is only the start of the process and I want you all to get on board with it because there are exciting days ahead, yeah? And that's me done. I hope you enjoyed the night. <laughs> now, I was just saying to Sarah at the side, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm a dance teacher and I um, spend really all week teaching lessons. So I, uh, my days are filled with private classes, mainly couples. And then on an evening, I teach group classes with Amy and Sarah McGill. And you know, it's great to have them on board. A lot of people don't ever speak about these two. Um, and Jared is also in Claire. Uh, they have a, a massive um, um, impact on the school and what it's become, so I'm very grateful to all of you for that. Um, 
Now, it's interesting because when you're teaching dance, and anybody else who's a teacher actually will understand this concept, you have somebody come in and you gauge their level of where they are, and you kind of know what you're targeting at. So I had a couple come in um, for the first time actually on Friday, and I had a look at them dance, and then I was instantly able to assess what it was that I needed to start working on. Now, there was a lot to work on, but if I'd have instantly jumped to here, they probably would have never come back. So what you have to do is you have to work on where they are and then add kind of the next little bit in order to expand their minds and that they feel you're pushing them to get better and that is then enough for them to continue the process of expansion. If you go too fast, it's all just too much for the, for the mind to take. Now, you can do that with dance to some degree because they're coming in specifically for that. The church community is a really odd one, right? Because when you get up and deliver a preach or a message, you're aware that your target audience is so vast that I can understand why most speakers get a little bit anxious and stressed when they're preparing their message because they're aware, well, if I say that, there may be some people who aren't there yet. But at the same time, there may be people who are so far over here that what I say, they're just like, <laughs> heard it all before. Do you get what I'm saying? And it's, it's really hard to pitch sometimes. Put me in a studio, get me to teach, no issues at all. This is a real challenge. Now, here's what I've got to say. That doesn't mean that anybody should ever hold back from talking, yeah? Because for me, the way that I see it is as a community, we come together and we open up a ecclesia where a group of people gather together where thoughts are put out that you are um, entitled to and privileged to hear that you may agree with or disagree with, but can at least make you either expand in a thought to make you bigger than, or just think, actually, I'm still not sure where I am with all that, but that's okay. Do you get what I'm saying? So to some degree, whether you're all the way over here and your brain's like, oh, I need pushing so far and did a little, you might not hear anything tonight that does that for you, but you might hear stuff that says to you, actually, I agree with all that, that's good, everything's great. Some of you might find that this really stretches you, that's also good, yeah? So there is something for everybody tonight. So really open your heart, open your ears, and let some of this penetrate you tonight, because I think it's really special. Now, I was teaching a class on, when was it? Monday night, uh, well, five o'clock this week, just gone. And I started a conversation. I shouldn't say I started, the boy started a conversation. He's about 10 years old, lovely little kid. Um, and he starts conversing with me. Um, now, Aim is also in this piece because she's had to fill a gap, bless her heart. And when anybody starts a, a conversation that's deep, Amy kind of gives me the look as if to say, Joel, we've got 20 minutes left. Don't go there. She kind of does this. Because <laughs> she knows that I will just talk for hours and they're paying for a class. Now, he brought up the topic of the issue, the recent um, issues that have happened in Orlando. This is a 10-year-old kid, right? Um, and it was referring to terrorism. So I spun the question round back at him because he was wanting to know what my opinions on terrorism were. I spun it back at him and said, well, what do you believe it is? I thought, I'm not going to answer. I'm going to, you've brought it up. I'm thinking, should I really be having this conversation with a 10-year-old kid? I thought, he's asked the question. He's clearly got it in his head, so I, I, I'll, I'll spin it back on him. 
Um, so I said, what do you believe it is? And his answer was, well, I guess it's when those Muslims or ISIS kill people. So that was his definition of the word terrorism. Now, instantly, my head starts going wild, thinking, where have you got that from? Like, it's crazy. Um, so I responded by asking him another question. Amos kind of looking at me like this. Hurry it along. So I asked him, if I walked into a room and murdered a whole group of people, would you consider me a terrorist? And he kind of looked very confused at the question or the statement. He didn't know how to answer. It was almost like, I'm not really sure. Um, and that spoke volumes to me because as a house, and I'd like to believe that we're like this as a house, we've got to be very careful, and even from the video that was shown earlier, that we're not encouraged by whatever we're hearing to somehow create an opinion based on even the media are shocking for it to shape a, a prejudice and a judgment against a group of people because of certain events that happen, yeah? The fact is, just as many Christians have killed people as Muslims have, if not more, and Jesus actually said, um, if you call your brother idiot, you're actually guilty of murder. So all of us, to some degree, are terrorizing each other, you could say, probably a couple of times a day, yeah? So I think that it definitely made me think how, again, with the labels thing, we categorize and make assumptions because of what we're told. Now, does that mean that there are some extremists? Yes, there are. But we can't then make that a blanket belief about everybody, because we've seen there, we're actually all one in the same. So we've got to be very careful that we don't start throwing stones in that situation. Now, I was aware that this conversation could have continued for hours, because they're literally, they were looking at me then, but, but then, and they're doing all this, you know, wanting to ask more questions. They wanted to discuss politics by the looks of things, and I'm thinking, oh, we've got like 10 minutes left of this class and we've got so much to get done. Then he said to me, are you a Christian? So we went from terrorism, Muslims, to are you a Christian? Well, that was it, I'm just thinking, I don't even know where to go here. I was more stressed about answering that question than I was about discussing politics and world peace about terrorism. It really caused me a problem. And I'm, I'm being honest. Ant said very, very honestly last week that, you know, and even uh, my granddad, who also said at that conference that, you know, if this is what Christianity looks like, I don't know if actually I want to be one. And when he asked that question, I was in that position. I'm thinking, what on earth do I say to that? Now, there are a lot of, a bit like we have opinions of, of, of that he had opinions of terrorism. When I hear the word Christian, my head instantly goes to the extremist viewpoint. And I think, do I really want to put myself in that category? And is it actually going to benefit me or benefit them me saying, yes, I am? Now, bear with me. Now, what was interesting, um, I felt that saying, no, I'm not a Christian, was more truthful than saying, yes, I am. Now, again, I'm a God, I'm a God believer and I'm a Jesus believer but yeah, I didn't want to call it Christian. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, what's interesting, I went to Google, and I'd like to do a little example for you to show you what I found, and then I'll kind of explain what happened in this conversation. So I typed in, 
why are Christ? And I was hoping I was going to see something lovely. Why are Chinese? Why are Chinese so rude? Apparently. Look at the top. Look what does the first thing say? How sad is that? Google is our global search engine. It basically serves the world. When you type in "Why are Christ?", the first thing that comes up is Christians so mean, and I was just absolutely gutted. I just thought, "How? How has this happened?" Do you understand? I was really, really sad about it, and I thought, "Well, let's not be sad. Let's now." dissect this a little bit more and try and get to the root of it. Because I think everything that's displayed to you in life, everything, so for example, this conversation that I had with this young boy was leading me to a place. I allowed the conversation to happen, and in effect, the reason why I've got my ministry tonight is because of the conversation that I had with him. So to some degree, me feeling a little bit sad about this has all worked in my favor because it's actually pushed me to find out what it is that I want to find out. Do you get what I'm saying? We often fight against the very thing that is your miracle. Do you hear what I'm saying? So it's staring us right in the face and we fight against it when actually if we would only allow the process of what's going on to happen, at the end of that is usually a diamond and your, your miracle moment. So, are you all with me so far? So, my answer to him was along the lines of, I can't remember word for word, but it was along the lines of this. I believe that we are more than flesh and blood, that there is a God bigger than our comprehension, and I find Jesus a cool example of how to treat people and help us to understand our intrinsic, our intrinsic value. The, the rea reaction was kind of like, <laughs> I was only looking for a yes or no. <laughs> but you can see that was what I felt, I, I felt I had to answer that way. But you see, it's much easier just to say yes, isn't it? Because that takes a lot longer and it's a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> so yeah, he looked baffled and surprised. But you see, the reason he looked baffled is because we actually live in a world where everything has got to be named and everything's got to be boxed up in a certain category in order to understand. So we use words, don't we, to define groups of people. So and. That's okay, because it's part of our language, it's part of the way the world works, but it also is very damaging, because sometimes, depending on what the person thinks of that word, when then you say yes, they instantly form an opinion of then what they think you are. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, Ant spoke, has spoken actually over the last few years about this. Um, you know about the mischief within the church? There has been a mischief. And he, and he spoke about the words hell, gospel and church being words that have actually been completely taken out of context. Now, when I heard the word Christian, I actually felt the same. I felt it was a mischievous word that was trying to trip me up. Do you get what I'm saying? It wasn't an easy word. It wasn't a word that I thought, yeah. So if someone says love or kindness or faith, I'm like, I can get with that. The moment they used that word, there was a mischief about it that I thought, I don't know where to go with this. Now, I had to ask myself the question, and this is the sort of thing I do when I come up against stuff like this. Why do I have such an issue with the word Christian? Why? You've got to ask the question, haven't you? Is it justified? Am I justified in feeling this way? 
And can anything be said from Scripture or any of the comments that Jesus made about this particular word, and if so, what? So I thought, I'm going to go and have a look. Now, would you believe it? The word Christian is only used three times in the whole Bible. Three. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to quote all three. You can go and find them. There's two in, well, I'm going to quote one. Um, There's two in Acts and there's one in Peter. Um, I could have delved into all three, but you would have been here all night. So I've picked the important one. So we're going to start with Acts. Acts 11, verse 19. Is it up on the screen? Yes? Have we got it? (laughs) I'll just start reading it. It's fine. Have we got it? Okay, so. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and great numbers of people. Are you ready? The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. That is the first time you will see that word. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Now, do you not find it interesting? Jesus never called himself a Christian because he actually wasn't one, right? Neither did he call his disciples Christians. The disciples didn't call each other Christians. And notice that... It wasn't a name they gave themselves. It was a name given to them by somebody else. Do you see that? I was blown away when I saw this. I thought, that is so cool. Yeah? So you see, actually, within the circle of Jesus and his followers, brethren was one. Brothers. Now, isn't it interesting after the video, DNA? What does brother mean? It means we're all one of the same. We're all actually blood-linked and connected follower, a believer, yeah, a disciple, an apostle, some call them saints, basically that sense of that these people were ordained by God, they'd found who they really were. But I, love bro- I love brother, I think the brother is the best one for me because I think that it, it shows us to be united, but they never called each other Christian. Now what's interesting, the reason why they were given the name Christian, some people believe it was a derogatory term to basically mock them for not submitting to the pagan mold and submitting to the emperor of Rome. They had to find a label because these Christians didn't live and serve the same way of living that everybody did outside of this new way of thought. Do you get that? So they had to think, well, what are we going to call them? So they said, we'll call them Christians. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing at this point. Do you get that? Because to some degree, 
If they called them Christians because their behavior wasn't normal and they were unconventional and they weren't fitting into a mold that said we should basically sacrifice this and sacrifice that and do this and do that and tick all these boxes, but they were saying, do you know what? This is all about love and we want you to unite with this message. To some degree, giving them the name Christian, which basically means little Christ, wasn't a bad thing, was it? To get that. So we don't have a problem yet. So like I say, some theologians and scholars think that the term was derogatory, the label that may have been assigned because of the sheer difference to the way that they approach life. Now, I believe the reason that they were called this was because they were a group of people revolutionized by a transformative message, promoting a kingdom of continuous abundance and love. It was a joyous way of living. Now, going back to Thomas in the class, if when I said yes, somehow in 2016 in a thought, oh, that must mean that you have connected to some sort of joyous way of existence and like you're the person I need to get around because you've tapped in to this kingdom that like is pretty extreme and I can get what I want and abundance is flowing and there's miracles and all of this stuff can happen, I'd have been quite happy to say yes. But you see, sadly, often it's not that that is now the understanding of of Christian, yeah? So if this nickname was given to a group of people promoting a way of being back then, does the word Christian represent the same thing now? Now, there are many reasons why the whole concept of Christianity changed. And if you want to listen to it, Anson, a lot of messages about the history of the church and Constantine and the whole thing of empirical, corporate, um, organic spirituality and how we went from the forefathers to it being very all about the institution and we lost really the heart of the message. So you can catch up on that online. But the thing is, if being a Christian means that people think you're mean, then surely that's not what we want. And we somehow need to reclaim something here. Yeah, this is about reclaiming something. So what should we be known for? John 13, 35 says this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It doesn't say by this, everyone will know that you are a Christian. It just says you will know that you are my disciples. Now, Again, it wouldn't matter putting that word Christian there if the lifestyle that comes with it is you love one another. Does that make sense? Being a Christian is not standing with a sign on a street corner shouting God hates gays. Do we get that? It's not turn or burn. It's not repent or face judgment. It's not teaching people that somehow other religious denominations haven't met the real God and therefore they're they're somehow out to get that. That's just not what we are about. It's something more than that. And also, on the back of some of the things that we've understood, it's also about, not about wanting to see other leaders of churches ostracized. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, whether it's us having that heart or anybody else, no one is ostracized ever because we live in an inclusive kingdom, yeah? So anytime you feel like you have to say leave, we have a serious problem. It's a problem. And Jesus did not promote that way of thinking. He said, it's about inclusivity. 
everyone, brethren, you are talking to your brother, yeah? I hope this is making sense. So, as the church became more corporate and lost its organic spirituality, that spirit of joy, that spirit of new beginnings, of resurrection, the label became more about uniting over perceived common enemies in order to make the institution work in the name of Christ rather than inspiring people to live a life of unconditional love and joy. Now, this is not about blame of anybody. We are where we are because of history. Things happen. We are all creating our own history now. And there will be some things that we leave. Do you know what? I don't actually think that anybody leaves anything bad. Now, some of you might struggle with that. I don't think we leave anything bad. I just think we leave something. We leave a story. Now, that might be a revelation to some of you tonight. Some of you might be feeling that some of your life's choices are leaving a bad thing on this earth. Well, I'm telling you, they're not, because nothing's not forgiven. Nothing's not part of the grand scheme of this kingdom. And God understands the whole concept and the whole thing that's going on. So you need to release yourself. You need to say, thank you, God, for my story. And thank you that this is part of my legacy. Release yourself. It's a freeing thing. It really is. So it became about endings and categories rather than beginnings and unity. Could it be, and I think I remember Jesus saying this as well, could it be that people who love are closer to experiencing the kingdom than those who are bothered about the label Christian? Like John says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus made comments all the time about, do you see these guys here? They're getting into the kingdom ahead of you. Now, imagine a group of religious people who had done everything that they felt they needed to do to fit within the label. They were called Pharisees, the teachers of the law, which were the highest people within the context of the church. All of a sudden, Jesus points to them and says, but hang on a second, these guys are in first. We're like, what do you, what do you actually mean they're in first? You see, it wasn't because somehow it was a pity party. Oh, well, you know, these have had a really rough ride. They're poor and, you know, blah, blah. It wasn't anything to do with that. It was to do with the fact that they understood that their life story had been accepted into the whole kingdom and that God was saying, these people have acknowledged that they are part of my story, that they are loved, they are forgiven. They will enter and access my kingdom before you because you are still more bothered about the label than about the lifestyle. Does that make sense? This is a lesson to us all, it's a lesson to me, and I think that it can really, really change the way that we perceive things. So, what should be the prevailing characteristic of our lives? 1 John 4, verse seven. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Am I reading the wrong version? I am, Anna. I'll turn around and read this one. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Next one. Here, there. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Next. Is this the last one? 
And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. I think there's one more. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother, see, brother, and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. It's an amazing paragraph, that. Absolutely amazing. Do you see that the whole thing is about love? The whole thing. It's all about that. Do you not find that the areas of your life where love is flowing, there is something about it that feels right? It feels comforting. It feels um, like all is well. And that is because love is the sound of God's kingdom. It's the currency. It's what we trade with one another. Now, does that mean that we're not going to have contrasting emotions? Of course not. So you can think that because someone says that you're trading with love, that all of a sudden it means that you're going to be happy with everybody all the time. Do you hear me? There are going to be... How can you ever know that you feel love unless you have a contrast? Do you get it? Unless you can experience those, those conflicting feelings, you're never going to know the beauty of what it is when then you get yourself into alignment and all of a sudden love is flowing. Do you get it? So God allows an inclusive kingdom because he says all of this stuff is pushing you to find that great feeling of love. It's all pushing. If only you will allow every experience you have to guide you to a place of 100% pure love, I'm telling you, your life will be amazing. I'm saying this to myself right now. So the question we should really be asking is, am I a Christian? Because I definitely am one, if that's what it means. Yeah. Or could it simply be, I follow the way of love expressed through and in Jesus. I follow a way of love. I follow a way of love. Now this is where it gets really exciting. I'm nearly done. I think I'm going to finish on time. I'm so excited. Um, Isaiah, I found this this week, and when I found it, I was just over the moon because it's really bizarre how set. I've never really read the Bible as a full book. I've read it more as a research thing. So whenever I'd had a thought about something, I would be interested in finding out uh, concepts and thoughts because to me, I wanted it to more, be more specific. Some people prefer just to read it as a book, and that's, that's fine. But when I found this, I was just like, oh. Anyway, it says, Isaiah 62, verse 2. I'll read it from up here. The nations will see your vindication, and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. Now, don't do the next slide yet. You will be called by a new name. Now, what's interesting, this is before Jesus, right? Some people have believed that it was being hinted that the new name would be Christian. Do you get it? Like, all this is going on, but you will be redeemed, and everything will be brought right, and you will take on the label Christian because that's how people will know you. But if you read on, it gets better. Are you ready? No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, 
but you will be called Hephzibah, 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 and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. I think it's Hephzibah. If anybody thinks it's any different, shout. Right, we'll go with Hephzibah. Great, thank you. Now, another reason why sometimes just reading the Bible is a problem, and I'll tell you why. You, who has ever read that and gone, Hephzibah, come on. Anybody? Dancing around the house, Hephzibah. No, see. One of the big issues, we read past certain things that are absolutely the key and the diamond. So we'll see, oh, you know, no longer we're deserted. Great, but that's not the exciting part. It's this word. Do you know what it means? Great, so no one does. That's great. It means pleasure. But you will be called pleasure. Now, when I heard that word, I just thought, it just did something to me because I thought that just makes sense. Pleasure. Chris wrote a song, um, If You Will Seek For Me. I remember it. For you are the treasure that was made for my pleasure. Somehow suggesting that what we are is pleasurable to the heart of God. Now, when you understand that, you live very different. Yeah. So your new name is pleasure. Now, I thought, okay, I'm not just going to stop there. Now I've translated that word to the English. I'm going to find out what pleasure means. And again, I got even more excited when I read this. Because the first part of the definition says this. Used or intended for entertainment rather than business. And I was like, oh. Now, I said it to Jenny and she went, I really like that. But what do you mean by using us for entertainment? <laughs> you might have to clarify. And this is why I love when I read some of my points. I'm like this, and she's like, I love it, but when you say entertainment, what do you actually mean? <laughs> Basically, obviously, this is a, this is a generic kind of, of, of um, dictionary translation. But when I saw it, I thought, entertainment being that you are used for his glory, that you are part of his, his theatrical masterpiece, yeah? Performing on the grand stage of life, get it, yeah? Now, on, the grand, on, on a theatre stage, everything's not fine and dandy. Do we get that? Yeah, there are contrasting emotions that we feel. And that's what makes the story so flipping wonderful. Do you get it? Yeah? So the fact is, he is using us for his pleasure, which entertains him because he looks at our story and thinks, oh, I love them, they're amazing, this is incredible, rather than business. Now, anybody who knows how business works, they are not bothered about personal they are bothered about money. They are bothered about box ticking. They are bothered about um, accounts, about everything being logged a certain way. They are not actually bothered about the soul of what's going on. They are bothered about all the other stuff outside of that. That's not how God works, okay? God is not a corporate God. He's a God who's within you, who knows where you're at, who is living where you're at, and is whispering into you like Brendan Manning says, just accept the love that's on you accept it and live within the reality of it. So, I've got three minutes. 
I think this is exciting me more than the whole preach, actually, the fact that I don't think I've ever finished on time before. Um, Antha's recently been talking a lot about identity. You know, we understand the um, original blessing and all of that sort of stuff. Again, you can listen online. We have labeled ourselves under a certain model because of what's now been passed down, because of a lot of history, a lot of events that have gone on. What then tends to happen is we write our own CV, um, comparing our strengths and weaknesses as somehow it's this big giant problem. Do you get what I'm saying? Always trying to figure out who we are. If I get this sorted, I'll be a better person. If I do this, I'll be better. You get where I'm coming from. It's this, this really tiresome, futile process of way of thinking. But the fact is, you see, God already declares that you're worthy and has done from day one. See, in God's eyes, nothing's broken because he sees the full picture. Do you get what I'm saying? To him, it's like, no, we're unified. We're not separate. We're unified. So when we feel broken, we feel broken and we separate ourselves. There's a scripture that says, um, you bought you something like, um, separate yourself by the smallness of your mind. Expand the place of your tent, it says. We actually box ourselves up to believe that God's brain works like ours. But the fact is, it's so bigger than any of us can ever understand. We've been sold a lie that somehow there's this really high mark to be attained, that we're unworthy. Um, but the fact is, the truth of the matter is, whether you want to believe it or not, is that we live in a kingdom that starts with blessings and ends with blessings. Sorry if that disappoints some of you. <laughs> but the fact is, it's reality. That's how God works. That's how he works. Blessings, 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 abundance, 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 abundance. More joy, more joy, more joy, more joy. Do you hear me? Yeah. The only thing that separates us from that is our belief that that's not accessible. Yeah? yeah. So will you live in the freedom that's really funny, I've just changed that word. I put, will you live under a label? But I'm getting rid of that because I don't want a label for it. Will you live under the freedom of joy and not one of being mean when your expectations aren't met or when someone doesn't do something the way you want it done? Yeah? Can we say we're all different? Does it, there might be a conversation to be had and that's fine. Let's talk, let's be brothers. Let's talk, it's fine. But let it not be a deal breaker. Yeah, we're in this. We're in this for the long haul. And I think that I want, when someone asks me, are you a Christian, to say, yes, I am the one that's not mean, but the one that's full of joy. Do you get what I'm saying? So I hope that's excited you. We're reclaiming. We're reclaiming. We're reclaiming the ground because I feel that it's time to take it back. It's, it's got lost along the way, and I think that it's, it's better, it's bigger, it's more giving and productive than you can imagine, um, and I want us all to have an experience of that. Um, so if we're going to be called Christian, let it be because of our love, not because of our hate. Never be against anything before something. If you don't like something, it's fine, but find the goodness within it. Find what someone's experienced, find a, a moment of love. You know, even with all the stuff that's going on around the world, these, these moments of what I call disconnection. No, 
I don't even like to call it sin, I like to call it disconnection. People who become so disconnected from who they really are that they feel the need to harm other brothers. Do you get it? Now, the scary thing is, is actually all of us have the means within our being to do exactly the same thing. Did you know that? Did you actually know? Now, you probably never will because you've been brought up in a particular world or in a particular family that has never nurtured you or cultured a certain belief about certain people. The fact is all of us actually have the wherewithal to be influenced by many things. So I want it to be that we, we have a softness about us, that we, we, are, we just completely are known for our love. Um, and I hope that that's really helped you um, feel okay, maybe with the word Christian again, because it certainly has me. And thank you for putting up with me in lessons, Amy, for my deep conversations that last for hours. Um, so be blessed and live in the joy that's a reality yeah. for you. All right, love you lots. Thanks for listening. You might not be aware that The Rock is funded completely through donations from people like yourself. So if you feel like you're part of our community, it would be great if you could make a contribution by visiting our website at www.rockofyork.co.uk and just click on the donate button for more information. Thanks again. Thanks again.